the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It sure looks intentional. If you follow hockey, or maybe even if you don't, you probably heard the story about a former Penguin named Adam Johnson who was killed during a game in England when his neck was sliced by a skate blade from his opponent. Now, the video is out there, and it is gruesome, uh, but you can find it if you want to see it. It's not something that you're going to like looking at, but it should be uh, getting more attention than it has from the media. It's getting some, but not, I think, what it deserves. It looks like his opponent, a guy named Matt Petgrave, tried to kick him intentionally. It's an open ice, and there's no way to explain why a hockey player would ever do what appears to be a kung fu kick in the direction of another player's upper body. That's what it looks like in this case. Now, getting sliced in the neck by a skate is one of the dangers in hockey, but it's extremely rare. It usually happens in a pileup of some kind, and it's almost, well, it's obviously, it's the only time I've ever seen it. It's been obviously inadvertent. This does not look inadvertent. Now, here's the problem. I have a feeling the media are avoiding it, at least not covering it to the extent that it should be covered, because... We're talking about death here, and who wants to accuse Petgrave of doing it on purpose? Now, maybe Petgrave has explained what happened. I haven't heard it yet. I have read that he's distraught and he's really upset and all the stuff you would expect. But if it's out there, I haven't seen any explanation. Police over there are investigating it. No charges or anything like that yet. And nobody's going to accuse him of trying to kill Adams. But again, somebody died. And here's another problem for the media. Petgrave is black. Now, there aren't a lot of black hockey players out there, and everybody knows that once you add race to the equation, everything changes. There will be accusations of racism for anybody who would even suggest that the kick was intentional, and there will be plenty of people in and out of the media who will say that there would be no discussion of whether it was intentional if Petgrave were white. That's because that's where we are in 2023. Now, maybe the media will eventually get around to having a discussion about it, A good discussion about it, but I haven't seen much yet, and that's unfortunate. When we come back, how would you like to have an IRS agent show up unannounced at your front door? Republicans in the House had to step in recently to stop them from doing that. And in our second half hour, speaking of the IRS, we'll have a discussion with the chairman of FairTax.org about why the income tax needs to go away. Stick around. While Joe Biden is uh, trying to figure out a way to get us into World War III and maybe distract us from asking uh, where he got all his money, the IRS is still out there making sure that you're not cheating on your taxes. And the good news is that at least now it doesn't look like they're going to be able to show up at your house unannounced. Fred Lucas is the chief news correspondent for The Daily Signal. He joins us now. Fred, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So uh, the story that caught my attention is the one you had uh, wrote about that uh, something had happened in Marion, Ohio, which, by the way, just to throw in here, I once sold cable TV door to door. 
So uh, and then <laughs> made lots of money way back in the uh, dark ages. But uh, well, so they're nice well, people living there. They were they were very nice to me, but I wasn't from the IRS. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say they're probably a lot happier to see you at the door than they were the IRS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- this is a, 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 a lengthy report from the uh, uh, from the Weaponization Subcommittee that Jim Jordan runs. Uh, that's his state is Ohio. Uh, but yeah, it, that was one of the anecdotes in this in this report, uh, in which a a woman who just a homeowner in Marion, Ohio, uh, the IRS came into her house for. Uh, basically false pretenses. They, they said they were checking on something, then this uh, IRS agent started being sort of harassing about it. Uh, she called, first she tried to call the accountant, according to a report. She couldn't reach the accountant. She called a lawyer at that point. The lawyer uh, instructed the uh, IRS agent to leave the house because uh, there was no prior notice or anything uh, involved here. And the IRS agent said, I am an IRS agent. I can uh, be at and go into anyone's house at any time I want to. <laughs> so uh, there was a, a clear. Interestingly enough, once the weaponization subcommittee started looking into this, the IRS sort of backed off a little bit on this. They've at least said they've backed off on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, um, your listeners probably know that uh, there was an $80 billion boost in the IRS budget right. uh, thanks to the uh, Democrats' uh, massive spending bill last year, uh, and um, that's going to potentially add about eighty-seven thousand agents over over a ten-year course. So, so, and and we're already seeing a big growth in the number of uh, IRS employees already. So, um, we have the while they're under heat, the IRS is saying that they're not going to continue these home visits. We don't know. I mean, they they might find some. Are there? Yeah, I'm still I'm still there. I lost oh, okay. you there for a second. Okay. Uh, sorry about okay. that. Yeah, sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have we dropped out there for a second. Um, so okay. yeah, the the agent actually used a phony name. Now, right. did this woman owe a few million dollars in back taxes, or was she just you know a, a regular Marion, uh, Ohio housewife or something? Uh, I, well, I, as it turned out, uh, turned out she didn't know anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they they looked into it. The IRS had to apologize for it, uh, and uh, this this kind of uh, you know the the reported uh, the IRS later confirmed that the taxpayer owed nothing and acknowledged the situation never should have gotten that far. So um, you know I mean that kind of happened a little too too little too late I think. But uh, a, a, another major part of the report uh, and this had maybe a little bit of star power just because uh, uh, this was the re- the reporter who. Uh, wrote about the Twitter files, Matt Taibbi, mm-hmm. and um, fairly fairly liberal guy actually, uh, right. but but he did write about the Twitter files. Uh, the day he was set to testify to Congress, the IRS showed up at his door uh, and uh, sort of made some threats, made some illusions uh, that he owed back taxes. That turned out to not be the case as well. So there's clearly a political element here among these IRS agents who are supposed to be career non-political employees. Yeah, um, that sounds like a case to me, both of them, where the Second Amendment is a pretty valuable thing to have because you, you should be able to say to a government agent who shows up unannounced at your door, uh, get off my property immediately unless you have a search warrant or I, some kind of warrant for my arrest, something. Why are you here? Uh, I, it's It's... 
it's I mean, this is only one case that you're talking about here, but it couldn't have been the only right. one that was out there. It must be oh, yeah. going on quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there there there, there, there were a couple uh, in this. The woman who was not a not a famous person that they left her name out of it, but uh, but they, they identified enough of the hometown and so forth. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is happening to uh, the situation with Matt Taby that became public, and, mm-hmm. and they gave a little bit more detail for that. Uh, that was a you know he achieved some fame because of the Twitter files and right before that. But uh, so that that was a little bit more well known. Um, but yeah, this this has happened. This kind of abuse can happen elsewhere, whether it's political ch- politically charged as it was with Matt Taibbi, or whether it's just somebody on a power trip. Uh, in the case of the woman in Marion, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, uh, any reports of an IRS agent showing up at Hunter Biden's house that you're aware of? I don't think that'll ever happen. Uh, the, uh, uh, we, we, we do know from the uh, IRS whistleblowers that uh, when they were looking into showing up at his uh, house, sort of unexpected, uh, uh, for an interview, uh, he was given, he was tipped off about it. So uh, that's probably not going to, he, he's always going to get the t- yeah. Her name is Biden. Is there ever a time, I'm just wondering, is there ever a time when it is justified to have an IRS agent show up at your house? If, if you owe lots and lots of money in back taxes, um, uh, I, uh, what do they, can they come to your house and say, hey, listen, we're putting a lien on your house. You don't live here anymore or drag you out. What can they do to you? I, if, I mean, if you're talking about taxes, maybe they can contact you ahead of time. Okay. I mean, a lot of this is a... Uh, the, one of the big problems here is just that they're unexpected visits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, police, they're not law enforcement agents. They can contact you. They can tell you you owe taxes. And then if you don't pay the taxes properly, they can get law enforcement involved in who are authorized to um, to enforce any law, whether it's tax laws or anything else. But uh, for, for these IRS agents to think that they can go uh, into a housewife's home and start intimidating her, uh, or anybody else's home, uh, that's that's a real problem. Or, you know, I mean, that would go for any government bureaucrat. But, you know, IRS uh, agents have the, you know, of course, the power to destroy someone's finances. If uh, Democrats had still been in charge in the House of Representatives, would the IRS still likely be making these House calls? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because you wouldn't have this weaponization uh, committee uh, looking into... Um, not only the IRS, but you know, they're look, this, this committee is looking into uh, abuse by the FBI, CIA, and other federal agencies out there. But uh, yeah, there there would be no such committee ran the House because well, Democrats don't mind this uh, type of they 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 view that the government knows best in most cases. Yeah, and uh, they like money. They like to get. Your money, <laughs> right? They want more revenue, and however you get that, that's that's okay with them. But you, but this the one case that you ta- sp- uh, write about, and we're talking to uh, Fred Lucas, chief news correspondent for the Daily Signal. The story that you write about the woman in Marion, Ohio, as, we, as you said, that's not the only time. But any idea of how often this was happening? It might still be happening. Well, it's it's been happening apparently for for decades. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I I don't I mean supposedly it's ceased happening, past uh, and uh, I mean may, maybe as long as IRS realizes they have somebody's watching them. But yeah, as you said, if the congressional majority changes, 
that policy could change. I mean, it, it, it was just uh, at the direction of the IRS commissioner that this policy has changed. And based on some embarrassment that's happened here, uh, they, they changed it right before this report was about to come out to sort of minimize the humiliation from it. But uh, it, it still looks bad. And keep in mind, this is the same IRS that under the Obama administration targeted Tea Party groups and other conservative groups who were looking into getting a 501c3 tax-exempt status. Uh, and um, they targeted them for harassment and denials and so forth. I've heard uh, on a diff- different subject, but I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about this in my next segment with the people from uh, Fairtax.org. I've heard that Mike Johnson, the new speaker, has shown support for a national sales tax. I heard that last week, uh-huh. you know, when he was being presented, and I, I, I haven't, heard, haven't heard it a lot. Have you heard anything about that, his, his um, feelings on the income tax? Uh, I, ha- I haven't heard that specifically, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. He, he is. He has been a fiscal conservative for a while, and uh, that would probably be the worst nightmare for an IRS bureaucrat because it would uh, <laughs> basically make them irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, that's the idea. Uh, real quick, um, finishing up here, the the House is, uh, as you mentioned, is looking into the weaponization of government. There's a committee for that. Uh, you've also reported on uh, what's happening with the FBI. Can you tell us what the latest to have on that is? Yeah, yeah, with, with the FBI, uh uh, there, there is. Um, um, let's see. Uh, there, there, we, we actually have a, a story coming out uh, here in a couple of days, look, looking into um, some documents we we got through a Freedom of Information Act request uh, that look into how there was some issues regarding the Hillary Clinton investigation. Uh, so I uh, hope people will tune in for that on DailySignal.com. It's mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it looks into some disparaging or, or, or uh, disparities in how the Hillary uh, email investigation, which dealt with classified documents uh, and handling of classified information, was dealt with compared to the Trump investigation. Yeah. Yeah. Big difference, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a huge difference. And a uh, huge difference both for, of course, likely presidential candidates at the time of the uh investigation um began into those matters so um yeah there there, there is and, and and of course we've still got the situation going on with joe biden's classified mm-hmm. information mm-hmm. so we'll see how that shakes out well hey fred i appreciate you coming on as always um i'm stay clear of the irs they're not good people i know i don't want to <laughs> yeah, hear I might about be them on the showing. target now that i've written about it that's so. right you'll be you'll be just be careful when there's a knock at your door don't don't answer it too right. quickly hey fred thanks for coming on i appreciate it Yeah, thanks for having me on. Okay, that's Fred Lucas, and you can find him at DailySignal.com. I'll be right back. Well, we spoke uh, last segment about the weaponization of the Internal Revenue Service and about how uh, up until, well, maybe they're still doing it, but up until the Republicans started investigating with their weaponization of government committee, uh, they were dropping in on people unannounced and demanding that they, I guess, I don't know, show them their papers, whatever the IRS guy does when he shows up at your house. It got me to thinking about uh, fairtax.org, which uh, is an organization that's been dedicated for a long time now to getting rid of the income tax. Stephen Hayes is the chairman at uh, fairtax.org, and he joins us now. Steve, thanks for coming on again. I appreciate it. 
John, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, um, just, 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 I don't know if you're aware of the story that we, this, I, I came across a story, if you want to check it out, at uh, DailySignal.com. Fred Lucas did the story. Um, an IRS agent just showing up at a woman's house in Marion, Ohio, and, and telling her that he's allowed to be wherever he wants to be at any time. He works for the IRS, and she had to call the cops on him, I think. Um, well, he called, yeah, she called her lawyer. Oh, you know the story. The lawyer Good. told okay. him. Yeah, and the lawyer told him, get out of the house or we are going to call the, you know, the police. You can't, you're not allowed to be there, you know, and, and he wasn't. But what you've got is some, apparently, some guy who gave a fake name, by the way. Yep. But some, some guy who uh, just, uh, he, he's a bit nuts, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just call it that. Yeah. And I don't think he's typical of the normal, you know, criminal investigation division people that I've interacted with over the years. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're smarter than to say things like he did. On the other hand, it's symptomatic of the culture that's being bred there. Because you've got a group of people that are now out there being hired who are very different than the ones that when I was doing tax work encountered and the ones that, you know, recently I've, I've heard about and I've talked in the last 10 years or so because when I started working with them, it was not uncommon to be facing across the table a CPA mm-hmm. or a person who was a master of accounting uh, or at a minimum someone with, with accounting experience and you had a situation where you could talk and discuss the actual principles. It was still, a, you know, not, a <laughs> not rigged in your favor because the law was so ambiguous and everybody could have a different opinion and be right. But at least it gave you a better way to negotiate and make a deal, so to speak. Because that was really what it came down to in most cases. It's just they didn't want to go to court. You didn't want to go to court. And you made a deal. Yeah. Now you've got. Pardon me. Go go ahead. You go. Yeah. No. Now you've got a group of people coming in, many of whom are not accountants, many of whom have no accounting experience. Uh, I I read an article where they've got some people who have, you know, Library of Science degrees being hired, things of that type. Mm -hmm. And whereas I'm sure they're good people, they just don't have any way of understanding in 15 or 20 hours, whatever the train is the accounting necessary to perform an audit. So what they do is they come in and they just say, John, we're going to disallow your travel expense of $6,000. And you say, wait a minute, what, what, what? And they tell you they are, and you ask them why, and they don't really have an answer. But if they disallow it and it costs you another $1,500, the chances are very good that to end the audit and get them out of your hair, you're going to pay the $1,500. Just to make them go away. Just to make them go away. And that's the same thing with these notices you get with a computer. I mean, I can't tell you, and I don't even really practice tax law, but the number of people in the last four or five years that have called me with a story just like I told you, the person didn't have an answer, but it was a number that they couldn't afford <laughs> Mm-hmm. the fight, because it would cost them far more than that 
to get it straightened out. In other words, to go to appellate and pay their uh, representative to fight it through. Even though they might have won, they've still lost because it would cost them, you know, 50 percent more just to fight it. And it seems to me it's it's just a, another it's it's a major indication of how just what an un-American concept the idea of taxing people's income was from the beginning and still is. It's just the government, it should be none of the government's business what I do with my money as long as I'm not buying drugs with it or you know, hiring people to kill people. It's none of their business. No, and, and that's really, I think, the crux of this is, you know, the income tax was initially put in, and it's not a new thing. We've had income taxes for literally thousands of years, you know, and we got the income tax this time around because they were only going to tax the very wealthy, mm-hmm. and it was going to be a small impact on everybody else, and that was it. And everything was going along, and even though the tax rates were very high, particularly, you know, by the time the war started, 2017, and it was passed in 2013. 1913, you mean, yeah. I mean, 1913, yeah. sorry. I said 2000, sorry. 1913, 1917. Yeah. But the, the truth is that a lot of people, it didn't really affect them a lot because you did not have withholding. And so what would happen is that, and this is something almost nobody remembers, but until World War II, you didn't have withholding. You had to pay it on a certain day each year, your taxes. Mm-hmm. And I used to have fun with Milton Friedman because his wife used to tease him when we would have some of the panels I was on with him. We'd have lunch afterwards. And he was the one that came up with the idea in the Treasury of withholding. Milton Friedman withholding. did. Yes. Mm-hmm. And his his answer was always he would... You know, he was very cute. He would put the napkin over his face and say, they promised me it was yeah. only temporary. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And But it became such a good way of taking money because now you got the money before the person actually got it. He mm-hmm. didn't have to give up or she didn't have to give up money that she had in the drawer. Take-home pay, they call it. That's no. right. It became taken out before... And what a brilliant idea for government. Mm-hmm. So the income tax became a way of effectively fleecing the goose without, or the lamb, without the uh, person screaming very much. Well, and they, did, they, they never t- saw it. They tell you that you're, they're doing you a favor. You don't have to worry about this at the end of the year. We'll take it out. You just. Yeah. You know, don't worry. Just you won't have that hanging over your head. We're doing you a favor, right? That's <laughs> right, what. It, and you'll get money back. Yeah, that's right. You get a refund. Yeah. that's what they sold. And you here, get some here. of your own money back. Well, yes. I have a, I have yes. an idea that I, you, you can uh, feel free to uh, use it yourself to, to sell. Here's my plan. Um, they stop withholding, and but every Friday or every second Friday, however you want to do it. Let's say I'm I'm making a thousand dollars a week. My employer gives me $1,000 in cash, and mm-hmm. before I go out the door on Friday, there will be uh, someone sitting at a desk, and they'll say, okay, let's see, $1,000, uh, you're going to need to give me 200 for the federal income tax, and so you have to 
count out 200 bucks. And then uh, that'll be, uh, let's see, about 25 bucks or whatever it is for Social Security, Medicare. And so that you're actually taking the cash that was in your pocket five minutes ago, and as you walk to the door to leave to go home, instead of the $1,000, you have 682 How long do you think the income tax would last if people did that? No, that's, yes. And that reminds me of something that Reagan, Ronald Reagan, said back when he was promoting tax reform, because that's exactly right. And that's the way, literally, it used to be. Yeah, I know. You got got your pay in a little brown envelope. Yeah, yes. And basically, that's the change. Whereas what they're now looking to do is that because the system, you know, by the way, is is leaking and evaded taxes over a trillion dollars a year as of three years ago. Mm-hmm. The IRS admitted it. And these are people that are not paying the taxes they otherwise would owe by either not reporting income or faking deductions or any number of other ways. And so, you know, there's a huge gap and one of the problems is that it's growing because a lot of people, like somebody comes to your house and they say, John, you need a new trash compactor. And you say, oh, gosh, all right, how much is it going to be? And they, and they ask you, well, is it going to be cash or a credit card? Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, well, what's the difference? Well, cash, it's, this happy, actually happened to me. Uh, you know, two seventy five and credit card three fifty. That's because they're t- they're well, taking it under the table. And and he told me that's what it was, John. Well, yeah, it's, just, it's simple. I won't report it. Let and me I tell said, you well, something. No, I, Let I me tell you something that, though. I understand. Here, yeah, here here's the here's the thing because I know, and, and we're talking to uh, Stephen Hayes. He's the chairman at Fairtax dot org, and it's all about a replacing the income tax with the national sales tax. Uh, I have property in Canada and uh, had work done on the place we have up there, and you and and this is kind of a this is kind of a, a problem for your um, your side of the argument. They have a huge sales tax. Of course, they have ridiculous income tax too, but they have thirteen percent sales tax on everything. Half of the people that you get hire to do something, they have a price that they you're going to pay if it's cash. And a price that you're going to pay mm-hmm. if it's check or credit card because they're not going to pay that 13% sales tax. They're not doing it. Right. And and, and that's right. on labor. So if a plumber comes in uh, and uh, he charges you $500, you pay 13% tax on top of the 500 you have to pay him. Well, yes. And here here's the difference, I think, with the retail sales tax. Even though it is on retail labor as well, so that mm-hmm. plumber would be involved. Yeah. One of the things that I got to do, I, I talked to Ernie Dronenberg, who was the vice chairman of California's Board of Equalization, which was responsible for collecting the sales tax back in the 90s. And I was at a conference with him, and, and he, I asked him about evasion. And he said our evasion rate at that point was under 4%. And I said, wow. And he said, it's real simple. 90% of the retail sales were made back, this is in the 90s, by less than 10% of the merchants. Oh. He said, so first, first of all, 
they're not going to cheat. It's like accounting-wise, it's, you know, inventory, everything control. It's a mistake if they cheat. Mm -hmm. They're not doing it. So in order to get high, you know, 10% or more, you'd have to have 100% of the other 90% evade. Not going to happen. And he said the second thing is that we have developed, this is 90s now, John, we've developed algorithms which allow us to look at the, in the example he gave was the ethnic uh, little grocery store, you know, mm -hmm. mini-mart. And he said, we've developed algorithms that let us see what the amount of sales tax they should be paying because we, through our resale permits, know what they bought to resell. Okay. And he said, and we then find, and if, they're, if they fall outside the norm, we'll send somebody in and we catch them and we make a very, very loud display of catching them and punishing them, you know, penalizing them, mm -hmm. and it gets around. And he said, frankly, you're going to have evasion because you're going to have shrinkage. It's really sales, and you're going to have things. But he said it's, a, it's so much less. And when I talked to them again, you know, Ernie was retired a long time. In the, in the 2018, 19, 20 time, they were estimating it was 2% on $50 billion or 50, yeah, $50 billion of collection less than 2%, and because their algorithm had gotten better and the percentage of sales had increased among that top, I think it was 8%, were over 90% of the sales. And one of the differences is when you have the plumber, he's, if he's going to do the work and typically he has to get supplies and different things, and if he doesn't, uh, exempt that with a resale permit, then, yeah, he becomes harder to catch. But if he buys it, there's a record of how much he bought. And, and that tells you how much work he's with doing. all the other yeah. plumbers, and they'll say, this guy is not reporting as much. So if all the plumbers agree to cheat the same way, it's going to be tough to find. But it's much, much more difficult. And that's what Ernie told me. And George Short, who was the... <laughs> He had Ernie's job uh, with the Board of Equalization a few years ago. That's what he told me. He says, you know, it's just not happening that everybody does that. He says, you're going to have some, no question. So, but he said it's a much more enforceable system. So what's the answer uh, when somebody says, you're, how are you going to pay for everything with, that, with a sales tax? And uh, what about the poor people? And how it's, the rich people don't care about paying more in taxes when they buy something, but... It, it really hurts the poor people. What's the fairtax.org? i got about a minute and a half left here. Well, through a prebate, we make it so that the people, let's just take it really quickly. A family of four, mm -hmm. 40000 of earnings, are going to pay zero fair tax. They're going to pay payroll tax of almost $3,000. And they're going to pay more for the goods than they would if we passed the fair tax because a lot of the cost of the present income tax system can be taken out of the price of goods. Will they go down 5%? Almost certain. 10%? Highly likely. Some will go down 15 or 20%, depending on how much labor, because again, you're no longer having the businesses or the employees pay that payroll tax mm -hmm. of 15.3%. So you've got a situation where 
the lower income people actually benefit more under the fair tax than otherwise. The guy that's buying, you know, the the forty dollar <laughs> stake at the market uh, is paying the same amount percentage wise of tax, but he's going to, you know, run out of his prebate very quickly. Whereas the guy with forty thousand, he's probably buying used toys for his kids, and he may be buying used clothing. And that's not taxed, not yeah. Subject so to the tax. So, so the prebate, though, situation. so people understand, the prebate is you get a check from the government, uh, which is money that is is paid in advance of you paying the sales tax. That's right. And so if you go out and buy something that's taxable, you've got the money in your account mm-hmm. to pay the tax, the 23% tax. You've got the money in your account. It's your money. If you don't buy something taxable, but you've been received the prebate, it just goes into your money that you can spend on your family. So for a lot of lower-income people, it's actually going to result in increase in the amount of money they have to spend. Well, it, it gets rid of IRS agents, and it keeps the government's nose out of your business. That's enough for me. And uh, I'm, I'm, your, your organization is one of my favorites. I'm always happy to have you on the show, and I hope you keep selling it and people start buying it. I appreciate it, Stephen. Well, it's going to happen, John. Thank you so much for all your help. Okay, that's Stephen Hayes, and it's fairtax.org. Check it out. I'll be back. Okay, I mentioned at the beginning of the show here a story about uh, the former Penguin player, uh, named Adam Johnson, who was uh, who was killed in a in a, during a hockey game by a skate slicing his neck. Um, the guy who was um, who hit him or kicked him actually, what it looks like on this video, Matt Petgrave. This is a game between Sheffield and Nottingham over in England, and actually Tom Barrasso, former Penguins goaltender, actually at one time was the coach of Sheffield. So it's a pretty serious hockey over there. And um, I mentioned that it looks to me on the video like it's intentional. And again, intentionally wanting to hit him with his leg is not the same as intentionally trying to kill him. But that's what happened. And so this, uh, I'm, I'm, my point was that I don't think it's getting enough attention from the media, but that's starting to pick up. And here's a guy on uh, Twitter named Colin Rugg, who I fire, follow. He's uh, He's a pretty... He's a pretty uh, good source of news. It says uh, police are investigating the death of hockey player Adam Johnson after he got slashed in the neck by opposing team member Matt Petgrave's skate. Online social media users are split on whether the kick was intentional or an accident. It is currently not completely clear if police are specifically investigating Petgrave's involvement, but they stated it is, quote, normal procedure and are investigating the, quote, circumstances surrounding the incident our officers remain at the scene carrying out inquiries. Our investigation of the circumstances surrounding the incident remain ongoing. That's according to the South Yorkshire Police. Quote, we would encourage the public to avoid speculation regarding the incident while we continue our inquiries. There are no inquiries. There aren't any. There's nothing to in- inquire about. you got to look at the video, and you have to decide whether you think he intentionally tried to kick him or not. And there's no proof. You're not you're not going to convict them on anything, um, but you can make a determination in your own mind whether or not 
He raised his leg in an attempt to kick him, and he did. According to, uh, based on what I'm looking at here. I'm looking at it right now. And Adam Johnson comes over the blue line near the far boards. He's got the puck. His teammate interferes with Petgrave a little bit. As Petgrave looked like he felt like he was uh, lining up Johnson, who was skating with a puck, he, Petgrave looked like he was lining him up for a big hit. But Petgrave's um, teammate gets in the way. And so Petgrave is kind of taken out of the play. And as he skates by, it looks like he's a little bit annoyed, maybe that he didn't get the chance to lay the hit he wanted to hit. So he throws his leg up as he's going past to get some kind of a hit onto Johnson. And it just so happens that his leg comes up high, and maybe he intended to maybe he intended to hit him up high in the chest area or in the stomach. But there's no question in my mind that he that he leans over and throws his leg up in the direction of uh, Johnson, and it ends up killing him. So I don't know what the um, what the final fallout is going to be of this. They can't accuse the guy of murder. I don't think in any way he was trying to kill the guy. Obviously. But he was trying to hit him with his uh, leg, uh, which happened to have a, um, a a blade, like a razor blade, on the bottom of it. That's what an ice skate is. And um, it cuts Johnson's neck, and he dies later that night in the hospital. And it's a really gruesome scene. But um, the more I look at it, that's that's my take, is that he thought he was going to get a nice big hit on him because Johnson is kind of skating not with his head down, but he's vulnerable because he's carrying the puck. And Petgrave, who I, from my one understand, has, a, has a, a reputation of being a pretty physical player and liking to dish out nice big hits, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it looks like he missed his chance to get a big hit, so he figured, well, I'm going by here. I'll take another shot as I go by, and he threw a leg up, and that's what caused it. So, uh, And as I mentioned at the top, the, another complicating issue here is that Matt Petgrave is black. And unfortunately, uh, that makes race a factor in the story, which it shouldn't be, but it will be. So now you will be judged on whether you're a racist uh, based on how you judge the play, whether you think it was intentional or not, even though nobody is, is going to be saying that he even wanted to injure the guy seriously, much less kill him. So... That's my take on it, and I'll be interested to see what uh, the next few days have for us uh, as far as the commentary on it. But um, the guy should never be able to set foot on a hockey rink again to play hockey. That's That would be my punishment. I don't know what's going to happen to him in that league over there. I don't know how serious the league is. Uh, apparently it's, you know, it's real hockey, but um, he, should never, he should never be skating anywhere again for anybody. He needs to go. We'll see if that happens, but um, let's see how much attention it gets in the media. It should get a lot. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.